Bullshit. It's the No BS Marketing Show. I'm Dave Mastovich. Our guest today is Matt Helfrich, President Waldron Wealth. But first, let's hit the bullseye. I'm a fan of DirecTV's advertising. Way back in 2015, I wrote about the whole Rob Lowe campaign for DirecTV. The current campaign includes the message, DirecTV has been number one in customer satisfaction over cable for 17 years running, but some people still like cable just like some people like banging their head on a low ceiling, being rammed by a shopping cart, and having their arm stuck in a vending machine. Woo! The DirecTV ads are memorable, but are they reaching their key target audiences? Maybe. They sell against cable, which might work for some audiences, but not so much with others. In 2017, 22.2 million U.S. adults cut the cord on cable, satellite, or telco TV. Telco TV, think Fios. That's up 33% from 16.7 million who cut the cord in 2016. Younger audiences continue to switch to either exclusively watching video or combining video with free TV options. Nearly 200 million U.S. adults have traditional pay TV, which is down 2.4% from 2016, and is projected to drop to about 180 million by 2021. Here's the dilemma. The number of pay TV users 55 and older is projected to rise, but for every other age cohort, it will drop with 30% of American adults not having pay TV by 2021. But that still leaves 70%. So DirecTV's ads might be working with the older demographic when selling against cable, but the younger audiences, despite enjoying the creative ads based on memes created, social media activity, and other buzz measurements, those young people might not be choosing DirecTV. So get this, for the first time, the average time spent watching TV dropped to less than four hours per day, while digital video consumption continues to climb and is at one hour and 17 minutes per day. What's a marketer to do? TV programmers are prepping direct-to-consumer streaming services themselves, realizing that for their shows to be watched by younger audiences, they need to go to where those audiences consume content. TV ad spending is projected to stay flat for the next year or two while advertising in other mediums grows. Your main takeaway as a storyteller, marketer, business owner, leader is this. Make sure you've clearly defined your target markets. Do a real drill down and challenge your team's assumptions. Use data, then create your story and messaging for each audience, tweaking accordingly. Matt told us in episode one, rather than use statistics, turn them into stories and push that message out via the different channels that each of your target audiences uses to consume their content. I just mentioned our guest today is Matt Helfrick, president of Waldron Private Wealth. Matt's been creating and refining Waldron's investment discipline, and more recently, he's focused on expanding service offerings across multiple generations of clients and leveraging technology to enhance client experience. He's appeared in the Wall Street Journal, Barron's, Private Wealth Magazine, Wall Street Week, Forbes, Smart Money, and others. In our first episode, he talked about three mentors who've made a big impact on his life, John Waldron, who is he's currently working with, John Irvin, the man who introduced him to John Waldron when he ran into uh, Matt at a gas station after Matt interned with him. And then Andy, uh, Andy, uh, I'm not sure, is it Putterman? We'll check on that when we get Matt back on from the D.C. area who does a lot on the strategic side. So he walked through the importance of leadership 
and communication and those mentors. He also talked about some of the core beliefs that he has, speak in plain English, don't use jargon, empathy, care and listen. Listen actively, not passively. Don't be planning what you're going to say while someone else is still talking. Do what you say you're going to do and follow up. He talked about all those core beliefs. He talked about his interns, uh, his internship leading to a mentorship and how relationships have to continue and how that's helped him throughout his career. Matt, welcome to episode two of the No BS Marketing Show. Thanks, Dave. Great to be here. Well, maybe you won't say that as much now after the first question of episode two is, you get to tell us when you were a BSer, uh, when maybe you were a difficult employee, a tough boss, maybe you didn't communicate as well as you could have or listen as well as you could have. Something you learned when you weren't the best Matt and you were a bit of a BSer, what did you how, What did you learn from it? How did you fix it? And how might that help our listeners? Yeah, and I think this kind of ties a little bit to what we talked about in the first episode. So I, I would say it's probably that 2008, 2009 period when, you know, as you and I were talking about, it wasn't the best time for the, the economy. It wasn't the best time for financial services. And, you know, there's a lot of fear running rampant um, with, you know, is the financial system going to melt down? So if, you, if I think back, the 2008, 2009, I was, you know, 27, 28 years old. So I had enough experience to think I knew something, but not enough experience to really boil it down and be able to relate to people. And I think that it was that point in time when, uh, yeah, tensions were running high. Uh, client, you know, at, at the office, because, you know, obviously revenue is declining. Tensions are running high with clients because they're concerned that, you know, <laughs> is financial Armageddon occurring? And, you know, uh, tensions are running high because newer clients are afraid to do, or potential clients are afraid to do anything. And I think the biggest thing, you know, I, you know, I'm not my best. I don't think anybody was really at their best at that, that time period. But the, the, the advice I got is you got to be empathetic. You got to boil it down. Don't quote statistics, you know, don't, don't hide behind numbers. Um, you know, at the time, you know, everyone lo- loves to quote percentages, but you know, John Waldron said, "Don't quote percentages; quote dollars. Don't tell them they're down this percent. Tell them they're down this dollar amount. Just rip the bandaid off. Give them the bad news. Be empathetic and work through it. You know, uh, as you move forward. And I think that's the best advice because you know, for me." Uh, at the time, I and I wasn't listening, right? I was just, you know, you're managing a hundred projects at once. You're not stopping and thinking uh, about what the, you know, what the. Uh, you're not stopping and thinking about what what you can do to relate and be that more personable, more understanding person. And you're you're sort of hiding behind, not really hiding. You're sort of talking behind statistics and numbers and. At that point, people don't want to hear that because people aren't trusting statistics and numbers anymore because institutions people thought weren't going to fail were failing. So at that point, trust was lost. So, you know, what I had to do is do things to, you know, that our firm can earn back or continue to earn the trust of our clients. You talk a lot about uh, core beliefs that you have personally, and then you talk a lot about culture. And I do want to spend some time because you graciously invited me to tour your awesome headquarters and I'm impressed with how you convey the culture, what I call cultural storytelling. Talk a little bit about what the big idea is at Waldron and how you communicate that to everybody. So they live and breathe that mission and vision values. Yeah, it's funny. Um, 
you know, we just had a town hall last week. I do town halls every month or so, uh, do frequent lunches with where I try to get different employees from different groups together. So every week I'll do a lunch with three or four people that otherwise wouldn't be eating lunch together where we can sort of sit down, break down what's going on, you know, shoot the, shoot the stuff and talk about where the business is, where our challenges are. And I think that reason why I'm giving an intro, I think that's important is we don't make anything. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't produce widgets. I don't, uh, I don't manufacture parts. Um, you know, our, our, our biggest cost is, is, is our employees. I mean, we are a human capital driven firm. Uh, we're a service oriented organization. We need to make sure our human capital, uh, is aligned behind the, the 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 mission and the vision of our firm, and we need to make sure that the human capital, our human capital, buys into the culture of, of our firm, and that's why uh, we we have. I think I showed you, Dave, when you came in. We have four culture walls. So our 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 um, you know we're Waldron Private Wealth. Our tagline: simplifying wealth, simplifying life. Um, so our, our our goal is to simplify the complexities our clients experience from having wealth and you know everyone's complexities are a little bit different do you have a private business um are you inheriting money are you going through a divorce uh you know are you looking to sell your business or uh, are you starting a new job all those different inflection points create complexity everyone's complexity is a little bit different um so our first wall when you walk in that we want everyone to see our employees, potential clients, existing clients is we, we simplify the complexity uh, of that wealth. So you've seen that string art design. Uh-huh. And when you walk in at the reception desk on the left-hand side, you know, what we tell our clients is we give we give them back their most precious commodity, which is time. Uh, our clients tend to be okay on the money side. Uh, but what's building them up and what's giving them anxiety is they're spending more of of their time focusing and worrying about the, these things, and at that point in time, as you know, as the years go by, uh, we're running out of time, and we can't get time back unless there's some secret I don't know about. So on the other wall, it shows you know our clients and potential clients that we give them back time. On the right hand side, when you walk in, I think you've seen the Waldron by the numbers, which is it breaks down us as a firm, you know, how many kids that, you know, we as a firm have had, how many hours we've devoted to service. We're very service or or service oriented firm. We're very big into supporting at risk youth in the community. Um, so we've, we have had the number of service projects that we've done as it relates to, to our service oriented culture as well. And then as you walk back to the main employee area, um, we are an open office concept, uh, which is a change over the end of the last year. Uh, we did build our, a, a new office. You know, we were a culture before that we were all in our own separate office, very traditional financial services uh, model where everyone has an office, you know, with a desk, with a little table. And, um, you know, we kind of blew that up. And so no one has an office right now. I don't have an office. I have a standing desk in the middle of our of our of our space where all of our team members are and we all look at our fourth wall which is our team member wall which goes through the why behind who what waldron is so we, we call it the why behind waldron where we give the mission of the firm and we talk about our core values you know we're all entrepreneurs we're driven to serve um we're a team-based environment and along all those various messages that we 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 have there we have the picture of every single employee at the company so when an employee comes we get their picture taken uh we've actually beaded around uh talking about this do we have every employee on our website 
right? You know, do we have front office, back office operations? Do we put every person on our website and we say, yeah, that's important to us because everyone from the person that uh, that is at the front desk when you walk in to the person that is um, doing client, you know, cashiering operations to the person that's the the entry level, you know, investment analyst to the guy who's making sure the 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 lights are coming on the computers are running everyone's really important valuable member of our team so we have everyone up on the wall everyone's on our website you know everyone is is on the ship driving to get us to that common purpose uh so that's why culture is incredibly whether you know you're i was i believe i was employee seven or eight we're up to 43 employees 44 employees now along the way and so you know that the first thing when people come in in fact when i leave here i'm going and i have a sit down with three of our newer employees to to talk about our value proposition and the why behind waldron so i have a half hour sit down with our three newest employees that's how important it is to us that we sit down and have these conversations that's matt helfrick of waldron he's here on the no bs marketing show i'm dave mastovich Let's touch on a couple of those. So one of the things that you mentioned is the uh, you mentioned the number of kids that uh, you've had that they that employees. So you show the family oriented, and then you talked about the community outreach. Talk about this family aspect and the community outreach, and give a little more about how you've infused that into the culture. Yeah, we um, so community outreach. You know, one of the biggest things we've we've wanted to do is you know making sure we're giving back to 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 our you know to community here in the Pittsburgh area and also give back to things that are important to our clients as well. So we pick various client focused charities throughout the the course of the year to make sure we're providing some form of service to them. We've done seminars for 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 people to to provide some just basic financial planning for them, some things to think about. Uh, we've done everything from working at women's shelters. We've done. Uh, um, we've done projects uh, where we've we built 140 bikes as a part of the Toys for Tots stuff of us where we built a bike for every single client that we have. And that's a message we, we told to them that, um, you know, we're committed to serve our greater community. We're committed to serve the, the, the that uh, our clients. And we think that's our most effective way of giving back. I mean, we are a firm that uh, is probably up. The, it's, it's a nice, it's not a, it's not a need sometimes it's a i'm sorry it's not a it's not a need it's a want for people um you know and so most of our clients are are doing okay with with respect to their financial situation so we want to be in situations to support people uh and to give back in ways that uh that are are important to our clients and that are important to us and and they're they're people that you know to that we can give a a, a a hand up, not a handout in, in certain situations. Talk about the uh, what made you decide on the wall with all the employees because it is pretty noticeable. It's right there in that open area where when I toured, there were probably, I don't know, 12, 15 people working right there. And you look up and you do see the whole wall filled with all these four-color, uh, full-color photos. It's a pretty unique uh, aspect to see 40 faces up there. Yeah, it was um – yeah, when we went and did these walls, I mean, that was probably the wall we were most excited about. We actually didn't tell anyone uh, until they moved into the office that this is what we were doing. And so along those lines, so we, you do, you have the 40 faces come in and it's very easy to add an additional faces while they kind of, it's a, it's a really cool uh, magnetic system up there. But 
you know, first and foremost, we wanted to get the message. So when people look, it's not just about looking at the 40 faces. It's the looking at the the why behind Waldron and, you know, why we, you know, what our, you know, um, what our mission and vision are, the, for what are the core foundations and the core principles that drive us every day. And we want people to look at, or, you know, our team members to look at that and to understand that, um, that, and to also understand it's like, hey, that's, you know, as I mentioned before, we don't, I don't, we don't make anything. I don't, I, we're not a manufacturing firm. So they need to look and see that, hey, I am the person behind uh, this, behind this firm. I am the person that is the why behind Waldron. And so that, that to us is why that wall was so critical to, and the other thing too, I mean, let's be completely frank. We went from an all office firm to a no office firm. <laughs> so, you know, the most important thing for me as a leader is to say, Hey, I'm not going to have an office either. I'm going to have a stand up desk right in the middle where everyone else says people can see exactly what I'm doing. And, you know, but then on top of that, which really helps with our culture is we have a culture of collaboration. As I mentioned before, we have a culture of, uh, of, of teamwork. Um, we have a culture of innovation and all those things, um, need to occur within sort of an open concept create spontaneity, uh, create, um, create some fun behind it as well. How do you get around this aspect? So I'm on the phone and there's a bunch of us at the, the, the open space area and I'm talking about serious financial matters with a client. And while everybody's trustworthy, it's still got to be a little bit awkward when you're talking that much and there's someone within a few feet. Like how, just how do you get people to a comfort level when they were used to having those kind of private conversations? Yeah, I think the, 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 the so first I think, I think you, you probably saw when you found, I mean, it's probably one of the most quiet open. It was open, really quiet. Concepts that you'll ever see. <laughs> um, so a, there's plenty of space for people. A, just within their own environment. Uh, we have a, you know, a white noise that's pumped in throughout the course of the day that crescendos at peak times of the day so that there, there's that component of it. We gave people technology. We gave people a budget to, for some technology to, to make their phone experience, you know, um, better, more palatable. I don't have a phone. So everything comes through my mobile phone and I have those those nicer sort of earbuds that you put in. So I have a really good um, uh, phone experience, actually a better phone experience than when I had the, the old, you know, handheld phone. Well, this and, this is the kind of stuff I love to hear though. Tell me what that product is. Oh, that you could, uh, because I, you've done the research. Yeah, so you could I, probably I help our the, listeners I and use, even me. I use the, the, the Beats earbuds, the, okay. the, 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 the Beats ones that you see. I'm not an athlete by any means that you see the athletes sometimes come in on. But uh, so the, the, the Beats, Power Beats earbuds. And then the third, From a microphone standpoint, though, when you're talking oh, on the, the phone. The Beats are really good, too. Okay. Yeah, it's got a microphone. They're really good. I've, I've tested it a number of times. Uh, and then the other thing, too, we have a lot of space to, where people can just sort of duck out. So there are offices. They're just not dedicated offices so if, if you really need to have a private phone call there are shared offices along the side where you can duck it and have a private phone call uh and do a private phone call as well so there's tell places for me, tell me a little bit more about the white noise i found that pretty interesting you pump it in yeah you know you you only notice if you if you stand there and and, and put your ear up and listen for it um but you know it's it's funny we i've in the time i've been there i've never if you structure your office space correctly and you think about, we did lots of testing of things and we did lots of testing of space size. We did 
focus groups within. I mean, it was a it was a major cheese moving decision for us as a firm to go from all offices to no office. I'm not going to lie. There, you know, people did not like it when we started. There's a lot of people that did not like it when we when we started. I was even a little bit, you know, okay, we'll see how this goes. But um, you know, it's uh, I would not change it for for anything at this point. I mean, it is there. The, the the whole privacy thing I think sort of goes away when you're like oh there's an office over there that's I, there's probably more times I'm not in an office having a, you know a private phone call than 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 I am and the other thing too I can be having a phone call with a client or a potential client on the phone and again as I mentioned before all clients have a sort of a four person team aside side to them client may ask me a question I, I'm not gonna as I said before I don't know all the answers that's the other thing too that I probably learned in life is you know, it's okay to not have all the answers. I, and sometimes a client will ask me a question. And I'll say, you know, that's a good question. Let me check with so and so. Let me. Oh, they're there right now. I'm going to walk over and 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 ask them right now. So I'll walk over and say, hey, you know, Bob, I have so and so on the phone. They have this question here. Could you give me the answer to it? And you know, Bob, I can see Bob's not available. Bob will give me the answer, and I'll give it to the person on the phone. They're like, oh. That's great. That improves client experience right there. It's yes. saying, I don't know. I'll email Bob. You know, I don't know if Bob's in. I don't know if Bob's going to get back to me. I look and say, oh, there's Bob. I'm going to run and, you know, Bob, I can see Bob's not on the phone. Uh, Bob's, no one's at Bob's space. Let me go see if I can just pop in and talk to Bob and ask Bob this quick question here. Um, or, you know, uh, it's, it also creates that collaboration where, you know, I could sit here, look and see, oh, I'm working on, you know, this project with, uh, with Bill, I'm going to walk over and ask Bill what's going on with this. It say it, it creates a lot more uh, fluidity uh, as you go through your work environment because you're not you know so, so much of our time now is spent like I'm going to email so and so. Hopefully they get back to me and email me back. And you sort of spend all this time in this this sort of sterile in office culture of emailing, waiting for an email back. You know. Picking up the phone, calling it, you know, across, you know, pick up the phone and calling upstairs versus just walking over and having a conversation and sorting things out. I think it's it's made us much more effective as an organization and, and as a, and as a team. Matt, uh, give our audience a tool you can, you use to help you become more productive or to help you communicate better. It could be anything. Could Evernote. Be, there we go. It's quick. Yeah, I uh, I'm a big Evernote fan. Um, I, you know, I take my notes on Evernote. I do my follow-up on Evernote. I, I think, you know, I've talked, it's a, I, I love the, the leading stuff off. I'm a big list guy. I also like, you know, be honest, I like paper and a pen, just making a list. You know, I'm, I'm big list oriented. I'm big writing stuff down, big typing stuff out. Um, even right down to if, before I go into a meeting, I like t- typing out just my, instead of typing out, you know, formal long form, t- uh, long form uh dissertations i like just putting my my key three messages that i want to get just getting it down on on paper or getting it down virtually when uh, you use evernote are you 95 percent on the phone and five percent your laptop or how do you break it out when you're using evernote phone and laptop what's what do you phone. get what's your guess that would you do more of it um probably my phone just because i'm not always at my desk on my laptop so if i'm you know on a plane or if I'm uh, in pro from waiting out in a waiting room, um, you know, I'll, I, and I think of something, I'll just bang it out as a quick note in, in Evernote. 
Uh, What's your Evernote power tip? Because I use Evernote and I'm probably barely scratching the surface. What's one or two ways you use it that there's a function on there that may not be obvious to our listeners because I'm sure a good portion of them use Evernote? I'm a very novice person and I think my power tip is to not overcomplicate things (laughs) and to use it how you use it to make yourself effective. I've tried getting into these. Back when I first got Evernote, I got into this sort of Evernote kick where I was going into, you know, Googling and going into forums and talking to people and really leveraging and, you know, adding pictures and adding, you know, but to me, you know, use it for how you want to use it to be effective for you. Don't use it for how other people found it because sometimes you get caught in this rabbit hole of trying to optimize everything you do, you know, do what works for you. The other piece that I, one other piece that I use for presentations and I, I, I'm a big fan of not overcomplicating presentations, but when I do our big annual client, I mean, annual internal presentation to our company on, you know, what's going on during the year, what are initiatives for the, for the next year, I use Prezi, um, P-R-E-Z-I. It's, um, I, I find it to be a very effective presentation software as well, a little bit more effective. At, it's, it's good for storytelling. Uh, a little bit better for storytelling versus, you know, a Microsoft PowerPoint as PowerPoint-like functionality to it. Um, I use Prezi as well. Prezi for presentations. I use Evernote for my own personal tracking. I'm sure there are other more effective ones out there, but, you know, you got to, you know, you got to do what's effective for you and not, you know, as my primary message, I try not to overcomplicate things. The last question is kind of a, a catch-all of everything. Was there anything you thought I'd asked you that I didn't? Is there anything else about your leadership and communication philosophy you'd like to expound on? Yeah, I, I think, you know, one of the the, the, the biggest components of, of who I am, and I think it's worked well for me with clients or with my team members, with, uh, you know, my employees, is I'm unabashedly transparent. Um, sometimes it's to a fault. I'm very transparent. I will tell you exactly you know, where things stand, I will tell you exactly. I, I'm not I'm not a big secrets type of guy. You know, I tell people whenever we go, um, when we go out to lunch where we do this small group lunch, like I'll tell you any I will honestly tell you just about anything you want. I just won't tell you what other people's compensation are. Yeah. Uh but I mean if you want to ask what our strategy is, I'll tell you what our strategy is for it. I'm very uh transparent and you know, I um sometimes when you get busy, you know, people think that you're you're scurrying around for uh the um you don't want to talk to people or you're trying to be you know i sometimes when you're busy you know if you're really transparent if you're really busy it gives the appearance that you know you're trying not to be so i try to do frequent updates via email i try to walk around the office and see how people are doing i try to ask people they have questions i try to do these lunches i try these town halls um you know i do the same thing with 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 clients or potential clients or vendors I'll, I'll show my cards at the at the at the you know i think i think it goes a long way to 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 sort of open yourself up and show some you know another lesson i've heard is your best self is your your honest and true self and no one ever got in trouble for doing the right thing and being honest so that's why i'm a, an unabashedly transparent person I like to say no one can out you you so don't try to be anybody else be yourself and be the best you Matt, thanks for being on the show. Thanks a lot, Dave. Happy to be here. To our listeners, thanks for joining us for the NoBS Marketing Show. Visit massolutions.biz for show notes plus additional marketing and messaging resources. 
Sign up for the No BS Marketing Weekly Update. You'll receive timely, valuable ideas to improve your marketing and transform your message. To sign up, visit MassSolutions.biz. Remember, ask yourself, what's the big idea? And build your story around the answer. It's all about bold solutions. No BS.